0: Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy, I'm Ben Slowey, and today on the show I've got singer-songwriter Mario Lanza in the house, Uh, he's got a couple- Got a couple songs out on uh, streaming services. Uh, the latest of which is Parallax. Um, he's also got Distracted and Tried, Tried and True. Yeah, uh, dropping singles all year. I'm excited to hear about what he's working on. So Mario, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me, man. How's your day going?
1: It's been good, man. It's been good. Just got done work. I'm excited. I'm excited to do this. And uh, yeah, got a rehearsal after this. so...
0: Very wholesome day, it sounds yeah. like. Oh, yeah. Well, Super are you uh, ready to get loose a little bit? I cheated. I got a. Little, I drank one before this, but. Yeah. Right. Product placement. Yep. Um, yeah, man. It's coming one of these days. Or, you know, gonna slap their logo right on mine. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? I'm hoping for it. Yeah. But, um,. Yeah, man, well, that's good. Uh, I'm glad to uh, see uh, that you're staying busy and everything like that. Um, happy uh, World Mental Health Day. Yes. Uh, I've been seeing posts from my friends all all day. And I'm really, really happy about it. Uh, every, the, it's becoming uh, uh, people that I would never like have expected to open up are opening up, and that's fucking beautiful.
1: People just need a platform. They just mm-hmm. need to feel comfortable and they, they need to feel like they're not the only one right. and, you know you're seeing more more awareness which is important and more people talking about it than, mm-hmm. in that room so
0: yeah yeah it's um, uh, definitely comfort in numbers that's mm-hmm. for sure um, and I know that we have a we have like a there's a really strong community of people in Milwaukee that are creatives, all-around great people that we see all the time that deal with it day by day, mm-hmm. uh, and we've got each other's back, and that's what it's all about, so um, so happy World Mental Health Day, and uh, don't be afraid to share your story. So, Speak up. Speak up. Yes. Uh, so, Mario, uh, what we talk about at Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, and... Uh, First time I saw you um, was early summer, I believe. Uh, I was at Cactus Club. Uh, it was with um, Math Mountain. Yeah. And uh, who else was playing that night? American Bandit. Yeah. Oh, good boy. F- oh man, I love those guys so much. they're great dudes. For real. Yeah, but well, that so was a so. that was a very killer show. Um, and Arman Hassan as well. Yeah. Also yeah. killer dude. Um, But I was excited to, because you have, um, you know, you've got a very eclectic sound. Um, You've, uh, you're going in a really unique direction. Uh, So I'm excited to see what you're putting out uh, in continuation of all the singles. So, um, yeah, man, uh, so first I guess uh, you want to tell me a little bit about, uh, like, I guess growing up, like, like, Where, how, where was music stored, where did it fit into your life as a creative outlet?
1: Oh, man. Um, you know, from what my mother tells me, ever since I was a kid, I was doing this or doing this. Like, before I could talk, I was, like, making the gestures and, like, moving the music. Yeah. It's always been in my family. Um, my grandfather was a musician. His his um, my great-grandfather, um, musicians and artists, so just, it's in the blood, um, Mm -hmm. but really, like... For me, I just found, I don't know, um, all the trials and tribulations of being a kid and the things you experience, like, I just, I just cling to it, it was just something about the, I don't know, um, it, it felt like a, like a safe space, it felt like a place I could relate, um, my heart for as a place, but, um, you know, like, it, it all started with music on the radio, like, the, the alternative stuff of the 90s, and, oh, I don't know it's just uh it just it just molded me yeah. it made me um it, it, I just always turned to these certain songs we are going th- going through different things um like I had, a, I had a great like childhood and upbringing, um just with divorced parents and kind of in between a lot and like uh, I went to Germantown high school and like in that place just like you know middle school high school okay. elementary school and, like mm. that wasn't really a place for me and like I didn't fit in yeah. so like music and, and other shit like that was, uh, was what I, liked. Yeah, to, you know? totally. So, yeah, when did yeah. you start
0: playing? Uh, when I was 14, I started playing guitar, mm-hmm. yeah. Nice, um, was it, like, a, <clears throat> was it like, a self-taught thing? Were you, uh, taken less it and it's just like, um...
1: Self-taught, um, a few friends of mine started playing, and, um, I was like, shit, like, yeah. So like I remember first picking it up and like being like, dude, this is too fucking hard. Like, there's
2: no way I to do this.
0: Like, picked it up, put it down. Picked it up, put it down. Yeah. And yeah. Then it just poof. you go through the motions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Going back and forth. And am I really doing this? Am I not? You yeah. Know, right. Yeah. Played my first show uh, like a
1: year after that, and I was just like, wow. Like, this is there's there's nothing else that I could possibly like compare. Wow. That's awesome. You know, playing in a I was in a metalcore band. I didn't even know how to like tune my guitar, but like I knew how to write songs, and like we wrote songs, and we had like three or four songs. And we played this show in this basement. There was like fifty kids in the neighborhood and mm. just moshing. And like played yeah. again. We played our set like four times, just over and over. Yeah, right? it was just, like, yeah. they didn't
0: give a shit, and it was yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I remember when I was like fifteen. Like although I was never in a band, never like played. Like band instruments Like yeah. I mean I was in like Band for school But like I wasn't like In a local band or anything But a lot of my friends were And there was just this pizza joint In town It was called Mama and Me and That's where all the That's where everyone at my school who, who played in band Like local bands That's like That's where they played Yeah Like We would always go over there And uh you know, um, pizza was okay, I guess. But, um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, all my friends playing, like, you know, all their, like, Green Day covers, their, um, you know, System of a Down covers, like oh, that yeah. kind of stuff. It was, it was like, uh, it was like an open mic sort of thing. But, yeah. I mean, when you're, like, 14, 15, and you like playing music, and you're getting a feel for, like, the live music experience, I mean, that's a good place to start. Yeah. For sure, because, I mean, certainly uh, if you stick with it, mm-hmm. it opens the door for so, so much you can do, keep an eye on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, as you grew up, like, beyond that, like, how, where did it turn, it, how did it turn?
1: Like, just around that same time, so certainly when I was 14, I started to discover, um, some friends of mine were like, yeah, we're going to this show in River West, and like, that's when I discovered the the basement scene out oh, here. Yeah, right. And it was just like unreal, just like, you know, a lot at the time a lot of what I was exposed to is either like punk hardcore shows or they're just like spastic noisy bands and like you had every, every type of band like on mm-hmm. the bill. Um in just these like wherever wherever you could do it, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. and that's always been a, a characteristic about <clears throat> the Bar River West. Um, totally. so it started there yeah. and and there's just like dude like uh, and that just really just set me off and like, all I wanted to do was play music and write music and play shows and then um, I started to tour um, when I was about 16, so like I was already just wow. like going and fucking doing it and we didn't know what the hell we were doing, you know, we were just partying and traveling and yeah. <laughs> playing shows wherever we could, like, yeah. um, but that was just like, I was hooked, so. I continued to just do that same thing, you know,
0: through, through my mm. 20s. And I, I Damn, know. what was it like touring at 16? Where'd you go? Oh, man, I was like, I don't
1: know, I've always I've always kind of been ahead of the curve, so I'm just already, like, just partying my ass
0: off. And shit yeah. I don't know
1: how my parents let me do all that shit. I mean, uh, I partied, I partied
0: <laughs> at 16, too. Yeah, um, like, it was, you know, like, it... You kind of, like, when you just have friends in the lifestyle, it's always yeah. through the friends, mm-hmm. definitely. Right, Yeah.
1: right. Like, I didn't know any friends who were throwing parties on Oakland. <laughs> I was yeah, there. Yeah. And people were probably like, who the fuck is this kid? He's like, no, he's cool, he's cool. Right, yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, um, back in MySpace days, like, you could easily, shows were much easier to book. Um, they were just, you know, you could find them easily and, and hit these people up, and mm-hmm. we did it that way, and we'd book, like, two weeks and, like, six dates would work out, but, right. yeah. you know, we, we did it, my, you know, my buddy bought, a, like, a used Dodge, for like, 800 bucks, like, yeah, a fan, cool and, cool. um, fuck, man, that was just, was just, like, nothing like it, just, like, being a shithead on the road, right. and being in a
0: different city every day with your best friends, and... And you're still, like, young... Like mm-hmm. so you can kinda get away and not be liable for dumb yeah. shit you do yeah. <laughs> in the same way that you are now, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Uh, where'd you where'd you go? Oh man, um the first one was
1: uh weird. Um Minnesota to like North Dakota, like Fargo, North Dakota. Oh, wow. That was okay. one of the most memorable places because a place like that doesn't get a lot of action so we like drove through the, the fucking blizzard and the town was like shut down and Damn. we played in this little coffee shop basement and we're like this is gonna be lame and then, like next thing you like, know bam there's like 100 plus kids just like sweaty basement just full and yeah. packed like the those those outer cities like that's that's where you wanna go right
0: that's where you wanna go oh man. totally yeah I've been hearing uh, been talking to some hardcore bands I saw Avenues like last week mm-hmm. And uh, they were—they went on a tour. They call it the Middle Earth tour. Yeah. Uh, and they go like through like I don't know Missouri, Nebraska, like yeah. all the way out to Colorado and back. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, people fucking love hardcore in the in the Midwest. I imagine like I, I'm sure like in those rural areas where there's not nearly as much like metropolitan influx. Like they need, a, they need that release, you know. For real
1: man, they they don't get a lot of that out there, and they just they show up. Like out yeah. here, it's like, man, like you live a block away, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah.
2: Um...
0: Yeah. Exactly. Like I can go to Lineman's, I can go to Circle A, I can go to Bremen, I can go to High Dive, and go to Company. I can go. I can take the bus, go down to Bayview, hit yeah. any show I want. Right. But it's like when you're, you know, in the middle of. uh... You know, cornfields in Nebraska. It's like I'm sure you really have to travel uh, ways to, mm-hmm. you know, get to your favorite hardcore shows. Yeah. And I'm sure plate people are pissed off they have to travel that far. Right. They're pissed off that, you know, the world is this way. So, but so when they get there, they go crazy.
1: <laughs> their parents are pissed off that they're driving their kid two hours. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you ever uh, party in a barn before?
1: So, like, oh yeah, house. barn shows are wild. Yeah, there's been plenty of times so I've just been like,
2: where, are we? <laughs> where am I right now? Like,
0: yeah. I'm,
1: I'm drunk as shit, and like,
0: cleaning this barn. Um, and You're like, dude, fun, there's like, crops in there.
2: Yeah, dude. Holy shit,
1: there's, yeah. like, there's like, horse shit everywhere. Yeah. 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 Um, so oh. the... The band I was with before going solo was called Human After All. Um, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we, I was with them for like four plus years. Wasn't
0: uh, Joe Shebel in that? Yeah. Area? Yeah. yeah. Um, Shout out to Joe Shebel.
1: Right. Now he's uh, yeah in Chicago. Yeah. Doing his thing with Matt yeah. And Those guys are really good. They're, yeah. They're really, they're, good. They're really good. But we played in uh, I think it was in Indiana. Uh, in this trailer, this kid lived in a trailer and was like kind of in the middle of a field and. Just have a fucking show in his living room. That's awesome. (laughs) And then we played a barn too. Like we played parking lots Mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's the thing about like uh, it's different when like like now I can't just play it anywhere. Really? Yeah. It's not like I need it to sound good. I have backing tracks, the PA, the LEDs. But you know, you know, in a band like that, you can just fucking set up wherever and just haul ass.
0: Yeah. Yeah. My. My my uh family business, like my parents their our family business growing up was uh they owned a greenhouse so um my my best friend uh he was in a garage rock band in high school and uh i uh in high school I threw some greenhouse parties actually, so we would party in my parents' greenhouse and uh I was like well why don't we just like uh do like a little house show yeah so uh they played a they played a show. In the greenhouse, and it was fucking, it was fun. I mean, kind of like the seating was were like straw bales and pallets, and yeah, there were like hanging baskets everywhere. Like yeah. it was, it was really really cool. It made me, it like I feel like throw it kind of like the, those days were like the days where I had like a early appreciation for like actually being the one to throw the show, mm-hmm. which. I take great joy in doing, like, yeah. it's it's really fun, like, giving people that platform, right. definitely.
1: Don't touch the plants, watch the plants.
0: Don't touch the plants, uh, you break it, you bought it, right. and, uh, yeah, so. fucking rock out. You, so, how long have you, uh, been, like, doing solo, would you say?
1: Mm, I want to say it's been about two years, No. um, it's kind of been... You know, I've always written stuff on my own, aside from being in bands. But I always, uh, I always had a hard time like finishing the song or like completing the whole thing by myself. And then I just hit a point where like uh, some ideas that I was bringing to the table, some influences um, that I was bringing to the band, like it was kind of just like pushed aside. Like, and it's cool. It's whatever, you know. Right. Yeah differences and what everyone wants. That's the thing about being in a band in a relationship and back and forth. Mm-hmm.
0: You gotta make those compromises. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And um, so yeah, it's been about two years and I started just playing acoustic shows. Um, what really pushed me was uh, I moved in next to Gibraltar before it closed mm-hmm. down, yeah. um, and uh, went in there, like got a job, in, like the first 10 minutes, and um, Met uh, Evan Christian, who's the owner. He's album. he's been a Milwaukee musician, like, uh, well-known no, Milwaukee a, musician for a long time now. Um, but getting to know him, know him and becoming close yes. friends with him, like him, he's him. he's a great dude and a great player. He uh, he he was always there and, and, and pushed me to do my thing. And he was like, hey, like I'm playing a show, like just me and you. Like you, you want to, you want to play, and I was like, no, I don't have enough so, You, you, want, you want to fuck it, yeah. So like in two weeks I just like shit out like a set you know what I mean yeah and that was it I just I just needed I just needed to push um, and uh, start playing acoustic shows like just solo and then kind of dove into production and then made it a little livelier got a drummer a bass player I have a few that like switch off but um, mm-hmm. but, but that was it um, it's, being in a band is really hard. Um, Waiting on other people, like, yeah. you know, Trying to maintain these relationships, so I got sick of that, and I was like no. You get to
0: coordinate a lot, yeah. Like
1: I don't, I'm not wait. I don't want to wait for anyone. I can. That's like extremely yeah. inside to like. Oh yeah. Get somewhere. So, um, and it's it can be hard, you know. I pay for everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah. it's it's also very gratifying. to, out these songs by
2: myself
0: and what I've, done, what I've done so far. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and it's awesome. Um, well, good for you going your own route, um, branding yourself the way you want to. Yeah. Um, yeah. With every single crack. <laughs> Appreciate the uh, enthusiasm.
1: <laughs> with every crack, there's just like an avalanche of the mountains, the Ham's
0: Mountains. Right, right. The sky blue waters, Shimmering. Let's talk about your new songs. Uh, So, Tried and True. That was, I believe, when I saw you, uh, that was your only song at the time Mm -hmm. that was out on streaming services. Tell me about that song. That was the
1: first one this year.
0: Um, I wrote that song
1: while working at Honey Pie a few years ago. So, um, I was in the industry for about 10 years. I just got out. Woo! The service Um, industry mm -hmm. you're saying? Yeah. Nice. Tridenture is about the 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 urge to escape the the feeling that like I'm so much better than this, like I just I just need I don't know I need the platform I need whatever. Um, I, I wrote it I just wrote it like on a napkin like I'm during a busy lunch rush. Oh um, excuse me. And um, I wrote the song in, like three minutes. Just, some songs are like take months to write and then some songs are just like ah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I wrote that like during uh, not during after after a busy rush, just like frustrated and just like yeah, you know, always feeling that feeling, just like screaming inside, you know, to to be heard and, and right, to yeah. do all this shit. And I do this to to make ends meet and, and just deal with people's shit. And mm-hmm. There's a line in there that says, uh, "Does it pay to pave my way in a vehicle of humility?" it's kind
2: of what um, that what that's yeah. that really
0: like underlines it. <laughs> um, so yeah. Mm. Honey pie is very very great pie. Super good. Very fucking good. Great place. Um, yeah, I need to actually return there sometime. But yeah, I mean, I I, I sympathize a lot with that. Uh, you know, just being uh, in a very like you know monotonous routine of sorts. Mm. You know, like. You want change, but you want the change to be one that like moves you forward. You know, mm-hmm. you want some kind of like uh, a revelation, an epiphany, something that's going to, yeah. you know, bring you new possibilities, new new ways to like move, just to move up. Because it's like when you're in the service industry, yeah, like if you're a good server, if you're a good cook, whatever whatever it is you do, like you can make good, consistent money, mm-hmm. like. I mean, I wash dishes at Company Brewing, and yeah. I'm for what I do. Like, I make pretty decent money, yeah. But it's like I can only move so far with that. And like, I know that it's like eventually I'm gonna want something, I'm gonna eventually want to like sustain myself with doing what I love, yeah. Um, and everyone, you know, everyone that's truly passionate and has like true goals, like um, they deserve that, so how, so that being said, how did you, like, finally get out?
1: Oh, man, I got lucky, um, there's a few times that, you know, I left and then came back, like, I was in retail for a minute, um, I had fucking sold cell phones for, like, two months, and then I was like, <laughs> fuck this, I might as well go back to selling drinks, because people are fucking nuts, um, it's, 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 and that was all hospitality, you know, um, right. but, uh, while bartending at the Iron Horse Hotel was the last bar I worked at, I, uh, met the supervisor of, um, the surgery clinic in St. Luke's, and, uh, I was like, she was like, how's your day? I was like, ah, blah, 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 and she could probably tell that I was, like, frustrated, and was like, you know, do you like this, and blah, 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 and I was just talking about it, and, um, we kept in contact, and then I applied for this position, and I was like, so, yeah, nice. I, work at, I work at the hospital now um, and it's uh, you know, obviously like my, uh, my priorities and in, in, in my heart is, is in music and building a career for myself and you know that's been something that I've been developing mm-hmm. the last, especially the last years like more than ever and it's just like okay, how do I do this right? How do I right. like make this a thing? Um, but this has put me in a better, in a better place. To like consistently invest and just like I don't have to take off for shows or whatnot. Yeah. Like that. You know, it's it's a fucking day job and and whatnot. So it's so it's been good. Sure. it's been cool. Nice.
0: Yeah. Uh, what do you do there?
1: Um, I work at the front desk at the surgery. Oh, place, okay. so sure. And we answer the phones and handle appointments and stuff like that. And nice. It feels like it feels like it matters a little more. Like this, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. kind of like it keeps me on edge. You
0: know, right. It's, right. It's, it's People's right. livelihood. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah I, can, I can totally see that. Um, yeah, so uh, how about your second song, Distracted? Yes. Uh, so that song, um,
1: that's probably my favorite one so far. Favorite video as well. Um, it was, Who shot it? it was, uh, his name is Eddie Curran. Uh, dude, I know Eddie. Enterprise film. Keystones. <laughs> Keystone
0: yeah, shout out to Eddie. Great dude.
1: He's been, he's been a homie for a long time. The Keystones he, will
0: be here on Monday. Nothing on the it. show. Oh, for real,
1: yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, shout out to them, man. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. They're doing work. Great guys, yeah. Dude. For real, the Shermans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie's such a talented dude. He did a bunch of human for all stuff, so We've been close, and um, nice. I've been uh, so it's shot in the conservatory of music, and I've had vocal lessons there for many years. And there's just like a dream to to film in there. So you know, we finally got to do that, and they were nice enough to give me a day in there. Oh yeah, I love that video. Um, get a video by Eddie. Um, get so I, <laughs> a video by Eddie. That song is uh, <laughs> right. Listen to the words I say. <laughs> that song. Um, so all my songs, not just about one thing, because I write them like I wrote about. I wrote this paragraph during this period. I wrote this paragraph in this period, and then somehow they just all cohesively, you know, work together. Mm-hmm. But that song, it mainly focuses on. Like toxicity and the transfer of toxicity. Mm -hmm. Um, If you are hurt, if you are going through something, like you will, everyone around you is affected. Like it's all affected. Um, And it's, uh, yeah, it's just, um, it's kind of putting the dirt out there, just like, I've been hurt, I've hurt you, you've been hurt, you hurt me, whatever.
0: it's like a constant exchange of hurt. Yeah, and yeah. like,
1: in, in like uh, you know, it's, it's this, it can be this cycle, which leads up to Parallax, mm-hmm. but, um, see that for later. But uh, it's also called distracted because, like, I look at relationships and, like, dating as a distraction. That I'm just trying to yeah. like stay on with, yeah. you know what I mean, like music and stuff like that, and and um, I tend to get derailed a little bit with that, and, and I'm not afraid to admit it, you know. Totally. Oh, so.
0: I, I I have too, <laughs> man. Like, I've got wandering ice syndrome myself. Uh, there's a lot of really beautiful people we're surrounded with. Um, it's it's amazing. It, it very it very much is, um, and intimacy is a very very. A wonderful thing. Um, so yeah, like I mean, like sexual slash romantic energy. I mean, there's, there's nights where I know that like, man, I know I want to like work on this. I should work on this episode or do something or go to the show. But yeah, I'm like, but also, I'm just feel really lonely right now. <laughs> you know, like she
1: <laughs> wants to hang out.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man I, I get that, but and we're no, yeah. we're not alone on that. I think that's just like a human nature, yeah. like us craving that mm-hmm. closeness of another individual.
1: And and being a creative like requires a lot of time and isolation.
0: You know oh know yeah, I, mean? like, I spend most of my time by myself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. I, that's we'll it it is true. It does require. I think it's because being a creative like. Requires so much independence, yeah. You know, and like you self-sustaining, like you know, you have to be confident in your own goals in order to like, you know, obviously work towards them. And you you have to be the uh, the deciding factor of whether something happens or it doesn't.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's like, you know, you got to be cooped up, yeah. working on a song or being on the computer all day doing something, and then, you know. Later that day, if you if you have if you're up for it, then by all means, like go out and hang out with your friends. But sometimes you won't even have the energy for that. And discipline is a bitch.
1: <laughs> I'm stubborn.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. Mm-hmm. So how about uh? So that leads us into Parallax, your latest song that just dropped about two weeks ago. Yes. Let's hear it.
1: And that song, um, you know, kind of connects to Distractive. Um, I was almost going to do like a little EP with those two together, but just ended up doing them in separate singles. Um, And that song is about just like, you know, I'm about to hit 30, and the last few years have just really been a lot of like self evaluation and like, you know, progressing and just kind of like, you know, taking myself out of my what out of what I see and just you know looking at things uh, at a different angle and parallax is about um, having an idea of yourself or like who you are having this intent of who you are but then kind of like seeing it from a different angle and realizing Mm -hmm. like oh I've actually been like this person yeah you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and um, because like even though if you have certain intentions or you mean to be this way like it's not always it's not always the reality of the, the situation so, um, yeah, definitely a lot of, uh, reflecting and, you know, breaking the rebuild, going to bare bones and, you know, mm-hmm. never been afraid of that. Like, I try to be a very transparent person about, you know, things like this. So it's mm-hmm. like, I'm not afraid to share talk about it, whatever. Yeah, you know. yeah, totally.
0: Uh, man, that, that hits home, man. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes with that self-awareness of like how you're coming off the people and yeah. I think that something that really helps is to, you know, just listen to other folks that you trust mm-hmm. about how you're coming off or how you are, uh, or, you know, like, uh, how people are making sense of your demeanor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, it, having just having people that are in your corner that you can trust yeah. uh, is is key to that because you know you can have the best of intentions but if you you know are coming off as a douchebag right. then you know not that many people are probably going to want to work with you yeah. and you're going to you're going to internalize it and be like oh what the fuck am I doing wrong and I'm like well you know if you're basically telling people oh either work with me or you fucking suck then you know it's like you can't. That clearly uh, indicates that you don't take criticism well, or yeah. that you aren't ready to enter a, a difficult scenario where you could be said no to at any time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like, and I know, like you and me both. Like uh, you know, as we'll get into, like you know, you and I are. Sensitive individuals, you know, dealing with mental health issues and whatnot, like, you know, we'll internalize shit that people won't even think about. But Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's but there's still like a professionality that comes with it where it's like, you know, I know that I'm aware that it's just me being in my head. Sure. And, you know, if something or someone just doesn't suit what I'm doing, then that's totally cool. You know, like. It, it just all comes down to what someone else, someone's, what someone's goals are and what someone, and what your goals are and whether or not they align. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you, the, the best thing you can do is just to like, you know, go into it knowing that no one owes you anything, mm-hmm. just knowing that you're doing the best that you can, um, you know?
1: Right. Well, I mean, and, and, you know, to an extent, like. There's a lot of accepting with that. It's Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, like, you you know, if you don't, like, we're in control. If you don't like something, you can change it. But also, there's some things that you can't change. You can accept it and work with it and just understand it and acknowledge it Mm -hmm. and go from there. Yeah. You know
0: what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Control is
1: key, yeah. You know, like, if if you look at, like, addiction, you try to take something away it might not work just as well if you, like, let them have it, let them taper off, there needs to be something else to look forward to. Like, you have to, you have to want it, you have to feel it. There's, right. I mean, there's
0: no just, like, magic, flicking the switch. Exactly. Yeah, man. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, like, just knowing what's in your control and what's not is, is, um, you know, really, like, the, that's the mantra that, is gonna determine whether or not you really just have the the ability to accept rejection or accept criticism or accept, you know, like shitty things that will happen to you Mm -hmm. or or opportunities that may not be granted to you. Yeah. And yeah, it sucks. Like, I still fucking like, I still take it super to heart Mm -hmm. when you know, I don't get this, or someone doesn't want to work with me, or this or that. Like, yeah. I'll still, like, get really, really, like, upset and think it's me. Like, that's always my initial reaction. Is it me? Like, you know, is there something I did, or is there something that, like, I need to work on? Yeah. But sometimes you just, you know, sometimes you just won't know. Sometimes, you know, there's, there's just circumstances that you may never understand, like, what someone else's, you know what what is uh guiding someone else's prerogative and it's yeah. a really hard it's a very difficult uh skill to master mm-hmm. you know oh, yeah for sure i've been
1: uh, <clears throat> i've been reading this book um god what the fuck is that called it's all about like um it highlights ego mm-hmm. and how um kind of relating to what you were just saying like uh the pinpoints reactions mm-hmm. and how we can feel entitled to this or that, or like how you know we we react to something defensively because we have this sense of pride, which yeah. is something that we like cling to and carry down with us or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, it's real. It's like that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, and when it comes to um, you know mental health, like those. There's reactions and things and like anxiety, like, it's, there, there's a higher purpose to it, you know. It's just kind of a matter of identifying, like, especially me, and like I'm like, okay, how do I react to this when this happens? And why? <laughs> it's, um, we kind of fail to stop and think about what happens, like, stop and think about it before we react. Yeah.
0: That's what she's doing. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, you have to like, you have to evaluate things step by step, okay? Mm-hmm. What, is, what is the occurrence? Yeah. What is my reaction?
1: How do I feel right
0: now? Right, yes. What am I feeling right now? And then how am I responding to it? Mm-hmm. It's like a three-step thing. Yeah. The occurrence, the reaction, the response.
1: Awakening your life's purpose. That's yes, what, that's, what, that's what the book is called. You're, oh, nice. <laughs> I was like, for a second, like, sure. what the fuck is it called? I've been reading it like every day.
0: So, that all being said, um, so you know, we we've talked about it before, um, and given that you know, it just so happens our episode fell on World Mental Health Day. Like I was like, would you be a comfortable? Uh, You know, sharing a little bit about your own personal story. Oh, absolutely. Um,
1: About when I turned 26 or 27, I was hitting that quarter-life crisis or whatever. Um, I just started having panic attacks, like, out of fucking nowhere. Um, I was on a trip to Puerto Rico, and, like, I was feeling fine, and then... As soon as I started, as soon as I walked into the airport, I just started throwing up. And I was like, "What the fuck is happening?" I like puked my way through the terminals and like through security and like got my way. That was literally just like I started like shaking and just like sweating profusely. I was like, "What is happening? With my body like this? Just came out of nowhere." Super confused. That was the first occurrence, and then um, you know, for a few years, I, I dealt with that. A good four, good four years, um, and I was diagnosed with General Anxiety Disorder um, and then it's basically, it's, it's such a complex thing, it's it's hard to really understand what is happening here you because, you are like, like, I've always been a strong-minded individual, but, um, you know, that's physically a, a misfire of, of neurons and there's, you know, there needs to, it takes either intense therapy or medication to, you know, reverse, rever- well you can't reverse it or, you know, um, supplement and um, so that was I dealt with that um, for a long time, and um, sometimes I still deal with it, but like, I know how to control it, I know how to handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very complex, it's hard to understand, um, and you know, it's very easy for doctors to just like, throw pills at you, and whatever, mm-hmm. and you know, we know, we, we know those side effects. Um, but, uh, you know, through friends, and music, and um, you know, ambition, in music, and art, and what I was doing, um, I was able to you know get off of meds after a while and um, actually weed like I I replaced my meds with weed common thing to do yeah yeah. and it it worked you know Um, it took time it took a lot of time patience effort, a lot of work um, you know with too much consumption of alcohol too much consumption of caffeine stress like that's what put me there that's what that's what broke that's what just broke me Um, and that's pretty much your body's way of being like hey we got some shit to fix. We got to cha- Like, it forces yeah. you to change your lifestyle as a whole. And, like, you know, like, I had to eat better, I had to live better, I had to think better because it's so, it's such a fragile thing. Like, you'll be fine one moment and then, like, some weird thought will happen and you're like, oh shit, it's happening. It's happening. Like, I'm going to have a panic attack and then it spirals from there. And I've, I've learned so much about it and I just, I feel like I can handle anything now. You know what I mean? I, I think it needed to happen. Um, as terrible as it was but I don't like wish it upon anyone so you know anyone that I see going through it like you can't take it lightly um, people need that people need that that helping hand they just need to um, they understand that it's fine like half the battle is when you're experiencing anxiety or like a panic attack like it's, it's you're like fight or flight and like the first step is like accepting you're, like okay these are just sensations these are just things that I'm feeling um, and that was like A way to like Control a panic attack I guess It was almost like uh, From what I read It was like Egg it on Ask for more Because if you try to s- Stop it It like won't It'll like Swirl like Down like It'll be worse mm-hmm. It's fucking weird But um, But yeah
0: man Thank you for sharing Yeah um, You know I <laughs> It is uh, It's It's a It's like Climbing a fucking mountain
2: Mm-hmm.
0: you well you know you're 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 on the goal to reach the to reach the peak and uh the summit yeah and then you're you know you're you're trying to climb and climb but it's really hard on your body mm-hmm. it's just really hard on your psyche you, you're constantly second guessing it you know you are constantly thinking about different routes you can take mm-hmm. um and then there will occasionally there'll be an avalanche, and you'll end up falling, and you'll have to take a and you'll be knocked down a couple steps. Mm-hmm. But you get right back up on your feet, and you say, "Well, I still, you know, I had a goal. I was going to reach that summit, yeah. so I'm going to keep climbing it mm-hmm. um, until I reach that peak. Mm-hmm. But once I reach that peak, and I overcome that, it's going to be yeah. another peak." Yep. And there's gonna be there's mm-hmm. gonna be peak after that, mm-hmm. and there's gonna be one after that, yeah. and like, you're constantly climbing. It's like you're climbing an entire mountain range when you deal with mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I always had anxiety. Like um, anxiety was just something that I didn't realize I always struggled with. Um, when I was eighteen, was when I. Dealt with, uh, dissociation For the first time and that, I, w- I thought I was going insane Like, I was getting these I would get these episodes of, like Literally where my mind would just go blank And I would, like You know Just not be able to feel A thing, and, like, I would feel like I'm in a dream It was just a super surreal sort of thing And I would, like You know, it's. it was like my mind was on Autopilot, mm. um and then I would get panic attacks and, you know, it was just like and, yeah, it just would kind of like get triggered out of nowhere um, at 19 uh, was a f- I, got, I started seeing a therapist around 18, 19 mm-hmm. um 18 was when I first started going to therapy 19 was when I was like officially diagnosed with generalized anxiety yeah. as you were um, but you know, there was uh, this Mordon pack when I was 21. I ended up, like, I was in a really bad rut, and then I was in the psych ward, and then I was diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder, and then I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, and, like, it's a, it's a whole cocktail. It's yeah. a cocktail of uh, mental illness. Um, but, you know, like, it kind of, once, once like, I kind of was given sort of, like, a, an analysis by a professional, I mean, it, it helped a lot because it felt like my whole life made sense in a way. Like, my emotional reactions to things or why I would feel in such a way based on experiences that I had when I was, like in my young years, like, as a kid, like, being conditioned, mm-hmm. conditioned and very sensitive to, you know, the outside world, it's like, well, you know, like, it, it teaches you to fear certain things. And, like, I dealt with um, some really severe abandonment issues growing up, mm-hmm. um, which I think is what would become, like, the main catalyst for what would sort of... Make me borderline. Um, like when I was like 14, 15, like I would have like these really, really horrible anger management issues. Like, I would just have these in like absolutely like ballistic anger episodes where I would just freak out, and then after that, I would just feel like I would just act as if nothing happened, and I would just like you know, like, my my parents would be, like, terrified about, like, how I was acting, and they're like, you have any idea, like, what you said or what you did, and I'm like, no, I don't even remember, because I did it, like, it just, I, it was kind of, like, where I just went in this, like, state of, like, damn near psychosis, you know, like, I, yeah, like, I just wouldn't, uh, you know, I just wasn't conscious of, like, what I was saying or doing or, how I was acting and like you know you know it was fucking horrible man like i you know i um i i and i i as i you know getting older and diagnosed with all these different like mental issues like I'm like well, okay you know i I suppose that things have unfolded, and I understand why i uh you know why I sort of uh, became how I did. And, uh, and you know, there would be days where I'm like, well, damn, I'm fucked up, you know? Like, I'm... You know, this is fucking hell.
2: Yeah.
0: Like, I think that everyone hates me. There's, like, some kind of plot being, like, calculated by the world that's gonna, like, you know, that's out to get me, of sorts. Oh, yeah. You know, that's a huge borderline <laughs> thing, is, oh, like, thinking that, like, the world's out to get you. And, like... And I've been working through uh, lots of intensive therapy, um, trying to like sort of break down each each little like fear I have, um, because like I'd say that as for as far as I've come, like um, you know a lot of a lot of what I dealt with when I was like you know a teenager, a lot of it I'm sure was very hormonal, mm-hmm. but. Now that I'm older, it's like now is the time to like actually assess everything that I've felt and everything that I have feared. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, there's you know, like I said, you know, going back to the mountain range, there's there's a lot to unpack, and once I unpack one thing, there'll be something down the road that I'll eventually have to get to as well. But mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I'm but like. At least I like, know all of this, you know. Yeah. It's like I think that half the battle is just understanding that, like, this is this is me, you know, or that that's you with everything you were dealing with, or like anyone else that you know has had some sort of like um, debilitating issue that they couldn't quite understand, like what was happening to them or like what was wrong with them, mm-hmm. and then it's like, okay, you have anxiety, you have depression, you know, you have this or that. Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. so
1: Yeah, and I mean... Um, yeah, you know... When it's happening... You're just like, well, why is this happening to me? Like, it's... You, you really... There's no understanding of it. But then later you're like... Okay, like... There is a purpose there... In all these areas. Or like, this is trying to show me... This and that. Like, I'm someone who... Like, I don't trust the world around me, you know what I mean? I had to really uh, let go and just be able to kind of, like, let things take their course, you know? We're in control, but we can't prevent things or, like, force things in any, in any way, shape or form. And, um, you know, kind of back to this book, like, it talks about ego and how, like, let's say these traumatic events happen here. Like, we carry that with us. And
2: they'll,
1: we 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 carry it with us almost like like we want it to happen again, even though like we don't want it to happen again. But it will happen again because we carry it with us. We've made it a part of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like I've been through this and that, and it's this person. And, and part of the ch- the, the challenge is, is letting go. Like it's a new day. You know, I feel like a new person like every day. Like I change my mind like all the time. Like things are always just my mind is just just always going. And that was that was part of this uphill battle was learning to let go and like be here. You know the, the book refers to being unconscious when we're not just paying attention to the moment, like thinking about what am I gonna eat for dinner tonight, or like man that guy was an asshole today. Like we're unconscious during those moments because yeah. we're not here. Mm-hmm. So it almost puts this separation between. It's like well, who am I and who's the ego, like. Who's Mario in my mind? But who is Mario? Just like here, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Um, and it's really, it's really wild to think about it. Like, uh, look at Jim Carrey. He's just like woke as fuck. Like you can tell he's had a few acid trips or whatever. Um, <laughs> that helped me along the way. Like no shit. Right, like yeah. a few acid trips and some, some mushrooms, um, DMT like one time. Oh yeah, um, sure. Just a reset. Just like a. Um, it just puts things into perspective. Like, yo, you overanalyze things. You make these epiphanies in the moment or whatever. Um, you just can't be afraid to face yourself head on. You you have to just be uncomfortable for a minute. Like, you know, that's that's why people like people are afraid to do things because it's uncomfortable, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel good, but like that doesn't get you anywhere. You don't grow as a person. You don't get better. Nothing gets better.
0: You know. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're you're a person in this world. Just like you, just like I'm a person in this world. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we just happen to be interacting with each other and like you know, we you know, our our impressions of each other are shaped by what our interaction means.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, we're doing a podcast right now. It's like actually talking about something we want to share with the world. Right. It's something that, you know, we planned and we agreed to. And it's like other people that you meet or that you come across or talk to in the world, like whether it's at work or whether it's at a show or this or that, like, you know, those people that just happen to be coming across you. And it's like if it's a positive interaction, great. You know, that's awesome. And that's like a success. Mm -hmm. Like... You know, it's like you uh, you connected with another person, but if you didn't, then it's not necessarily, like... Or if something is, like, awkward or something like that, or if you're too trapped in your head to, like, really make that interaction worthwhile, then, you know, like, that's okay. Like, like for all you know, somebody else could be trapped in their head. Right. Or... <clears throat> you know maybe just it just wasn't meant to happen that way like Mm -hmm. at that particular moment or you know it's just like it's like two personalities that are intersecting and uh, you know not all the time they perfectly mesh you know it's like yeah it's like when you're trying to plug something in and it's just like a it's not quite like getting in there, like Bone perfectly into the walls, like, right? You're oh. and you're wondering how the different ways, like you could like angle it so that like it can fit. I don't know what it is yeah. with these analogies. No, yeah, it makes days, sense, but it makes sense, man. Yeah, but like, ah, man, like, I like we put so much pressure on ourselves to fit in everywhere and to like.
1: And that's the ego. Yeah. That's thinking where we should fit in, like, because we want, like, you know, we're influenced by TV and, and social media or whatever, and, and, you know, I'm guilty of it too, like, anyone who has a Facebook or Instagram is just like, ah, oh, I want this life, I don't want yeah. this life. It's like, yeah. you have to internally dig, focus on you, change what you don't like, ask yourself some questions, have some epiphanies. Do some drugs if you need to. Go right, go yeah. be alone in nature or whatever. But like, it's it's an endless void until you turn to yourself, you know, and really and really dig, and mm-hmm. it's going to be uncomfortable. But that's, it like, is. Uncomfortable. You're going to
0: unpack some things you didn't want to think about or things that you suppressed for a very long time mm-hmm. that you finally have to like realize like this is what I'm afraid of.
1: And people might be permanent in your life they might be temporary but we cross paths for some reason you learned mm. something they affected you somewhere you impacted them somewhere like it yeah. all it all matters
0: right we all every interaction every relationship we have is it's it's intentional it's there for a reason you know mm-hmm. so thank you for this beautiful exchange about mental health and perspective yeah. and ego yeah. yeah what are you working on now man mm. Um, so right now, um, I'm writing
1: and um, focusing on the live show. Um, I spent most of my focus on the releases the last few months and stuff like that. And um, it's part about being a solo artist. It's like, all right, I worked on all this. Now I got to come over here, work on all this, come over here, work on all this, come back ground. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm focusing on the live show. I know the songs that I've written this year that I've been playing, revising, like polishing, um, you know. The, working on the vision uh, whatever um, I'm thinking about next year and I'm thinking about um, just trying to um, shoot my shot how to make it count um, you know I'm always I'm always learning and uh, I'm really focusing on the business side of things or trying to it's like 90% business 10% like talent whatever it is. say um, so yeah just uh just trying to learn, just trying to, you know, take a seat, I'm like, all yeah. right, I'm listening. You know what I mean?
0: Right. Um, just be a student to it.
1: Right. And, yeah. and you have to. Sometimes you just have to put it down. Um, I always want to just go, 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 but um, sometimes you just gotta, like, put it down. Just Check listen. yourself. Just listen. Yeah, I'm totally. Yeah. So, but yeah. Working on uh, getting merch, booking some out-of-state shows. Nice. Definitely. Um,
0: and yeah, uh, good stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're excited to see you, man. Good. All right, Mario, uh, we had a wonderful talk about music, yes, we did. Uh, about mental health, all that yes, really good stuff. Yes, we did. And uh, if we drink some hams, that's the best part. A few of just a few. Just a couple. Uh, so Mario, tell me what keeps you up at night.
1: My fucking cat. The he's fucking cat. He's just like cat. meowing for attention lately, and it's just super. He's like, he's hitting his terrible threes.
0: Oh man. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, he's demanding. He demands things, but it's like you can't help but, but like you can't help a peep, but people. You're like, oh look at your little kitty. Fucking
1: choke
0: you. Right. <laughs> uh, and then we'll put you to sleep. Weed and ocean sums. Weed and ocean ocean ASMR. Some good tonal healing.
1: Yeah. Ocean or rain, water, water sign. Water. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to the Scorpios,
0: whatever. All oh, right, right, <laughs> <laughs> right. Shout out to Nautica. Nautica. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show, man. Hey, thank you, man. I had a great thank time, you. man. Breaking and entering.
2: Holla.
0: Oh yeah. Mr. Represent. Nice Guy. And uh, listen to Mario Lanza mm-hmm. on uh, on streaming platforms. I'll be posting a link. Thanks for watching, Mr. Nice Guy, and we'll see you next time.
1: Bye-bye.
2: Three, Mr. Nice Guy.